0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message.
1: I thought about how when I was a youth, uh, when I was in high school, and as I approached graduation of high school, I thought once I get out of high school, and then I'm going to go to college, and once I get out of college, I can quit all this learning stuff. I'm just gonna live life, learning is over. And as I have matured and grown in age, hopefully, continue to grow in wisdom. Wisdom has instructed me that learning never stops. The moment you think learning stops, you actually are going backwards, you're actually uh, retreating, you're actually immaturing at that moment. Because if you worked any job, you learn every few months or every few years, there's some new rollout or some new system, you got to what? You got to learn. New way of doing something. There's a new way to, to take in data. It's a new way to move products. It's a new way to communicate. Learning never stops. We understand that when it comes to basic things of life, but for some reason, we fall into this bad understanding that Once I've committed my life to the Lord and I know Jesus, then I don't need to know nothing else and everything's going to remain the same and everything's going to be all good. And we fail to realize how wisdom continues to instruct us on how we navigate this life in a sinful, fallen world, even with Jesus on the throne. And today we're going to look at a passage from the teacher, from Solomon, from Kohelet that teaches about how he has continued to be instructed by wisdom. Today's title is Wisdom's Instruction because we're going to look at some verses in which he teaches about how he's gained wisdom, but what wisdom has also taught him and how he continues to learn some things that are not so exciting about what wisdom teaches you. You know, oftentimes we think if we, if we know enough information and we learned enough that it's going to put us in a better place, life is going to be all good, we're going to find out that that may not always be the case. And we're going to look in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 15 through the end of the chapter, which is verse 29. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, starting at verse 15 through 29, he says, in my futile life, I have seen everything. Someone righteous perishes in spite of his righteousness and someone wicked lives long in spite of his evil. Don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be excessively wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp the one and do not let the other slip from your hand. For the one who fears God will end up with both of them. Wisdom makes the wise person stronger than 10 rulers of a city. There is certainly no one righteous on earth who does good and never sins. Don't pay attention to everything people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For in your heart, you know that many times you yourself have cursed others. Verse 23, I've tested all this by wisdom and I resolved I will be wise. But it was beyond me. What exists is beyond reach and very deep. Who can discover it? I turn my thoughts to know, explore, and examine wisdom and an explanation for things and to know that wickedness is stupidity and folly is madness. And I find more bitter than death. The woman who is a trap in her heart and her hands change. The one who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Look, says the teacher, I have discovered this by adding One thing to another and to find the explanation which my soul continually searches for, but does not find. I found one person in a thousand, but none of these was a woman. Only see this. I have discovered that God made people upright, but they pursued many schemes. said today's title is wisdom's instruction because there seems like there's a lot of statements being said and you could be thinking like what in the world is he talking about and he's jumping from thing to thing but remember he is making these observations through what he has learned through wisdom and his pursuits and his experiences and he's coming to certain conclusions when it comes to navigating this life in this sinful fallen world and we're looking at wisdom literature one of one of the things that's a little tricky sometimes when it comes to wisdom literature like Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and, and and Job and even in the New Testament, the Book of James, is that you'll have these statements that are like real clear, and then you have these statements that are uh, metaphorical. You have these statements that are a double entendre; they're saying two things, but they're communicating this one point. And you're reading these things, you're saying, "How do they all relate?" And these all relate because he's making these observations and letting wisdom speak and what he's finding out wisdom doesn't always answer everything and wisdom and righteousness doesn't always save from adversity so don't think that you get smarter and then you come to know the Lord and then all of a sudden everything in life is going to be easy peasy hunger door and all good and he starts off in these few verses starting in verse 15 and he's basically calling us to avoid extremes Avoid extremes. You know, you know what I mean by extremes? You go so far on one side or so far on the other side and we missed the point. I mean, you know, some you can be a student and you can be working hard and make one bad grade. You're going to quit? You're going to just, right, well, it's no good. I'm just going to quit. I'm no good. I'm, I'm worthless. I'll never pass. I, well, no, don't be that extreme let work hard. Or you may find yourself on one. Uh, nothing else matters and you're overworking, overworking. You're working so hard and you're trying to achieve and you're trying to get good grades and you find that, that, that doesn't matter much either. He he says, what's interesting, he says, look, don't be seeking to be overly righteous and, and overly wise. You, you destroy yourself. You know what he's getting at? There are too many people, too often, That one, they miss out on the life that God has called them to because they are seeking this unattainability when it comes to trying to be so perfect. And every time that they fall short, they beat themselves up. You got many that struggle with depression, struggle with low self esteem because they think they can never be good enough. And their lives become ruined because they have this unrealistic expectation of even what God is calling us to. See the thing is when it comes to this relationship with the Lord God and I want to be clear when I say this. There's a passage that I love to tell I used to love to tell youth this to memorize this Matthew 548 Jesus makes this statement this is a statement that goes contrary to almost everything you hear in the culture. Y'all ready for this? This is a statement that Jesus makes in Matthew 548 he says be perfect be perfect As your father in heaven is perfect. It's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like everything I read before that and everything I'm reading afterwards, how do I, how do I attain that? If we don't have things in proper perspective, we can lose out on what Jesus is communicating. And even here with the teacher would cohalette teaching us about not trying to be overly righteous and overly wise. And this is this is where the rubber meets the road. He says, Look, I want you striving for Christ-likeness. I want you striving to live for the Lord. I want you strive, I want you striving for perfection in your walk with the Lord, like you would expect your doctor when you're on the operating table and they operating on you. Like if, if you were sitting there, God forbid, any one of us had to go in and have open-heart surgery right now. You know what we want? I want my doctor trying to be perfect in that surgery. I want my doctor alert, sober, competent, working as diligently as possible while my chest wide open. You know what I'm saying? What what I don't want is the doctor going there telling my wife and my kids, well, you know, I played played 18 rounds of golf yesterday, so we're going to see how it goes like no hold on buddy I need you I need you focus I need you striving we also know that doctors are human doctors are fallible they can, they can make a mistake but that, that, I, I don't want you retreating to that I want you coming in like no I'm working I'm a focus and I'm doing everything I can when Jesus makes this statement in Matthew 4, five forty eight, and when we're looking here when we're talking about not being overly righteous and, and overly wise or oh, why would you ruin yourself? Why would you destroy yourself? It's this. Seek Christ likeness. Go after being like your father in heaven who is perfect. Also knowing that you are human infallible and, and if you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up. If you stumble, if you fall, don't let that mistake or that sin hold you hostage that you can't keep moving forward. At the same time, don't seek a self-righteousness. Don't think that you're too good. Don't think that you have this point that you're going to reach and that you're better than everybody else. Because as you do so, you will ruin yourself. You will destroy yourself. But then he says, look, don't, don't be overly foolish. Don't, don't don't, be overly wicked. And You know what? You, you know what this statement messed me up? I'm reading this. He says... Why? He says, oh, why should you die before your time? One of the things I love to talk about when we talk about God's characteristics, when we talk about God being, if we use a big word, omniscient, meaning he, he's all knowing, he knows everything. When we use that word, we're saying that God knows all things actual, but we're also saying God knows all things possible that's why you can ask the god the question well lord if i did this would this happen and he said yes or no because he knows every scenario truly
0: more from dr jones in a moment but first during this month you can request your mp3 download of the sermon series time for your checkup with your donation to the ministry this is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to That's DarylJones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, And request your copy today. Now, let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message.
1: Now, this gets all philosophically kind of, kind of, uh, boggled in your mind, when you start to trying to really chase that rabbit. You got a passage like this says, "Why should you die before your time?" Meaning, we all know somebody, especially if you're an adult, that some foolish decision somebody made took their lives. Some foolish decision that had they not made that decision. Now, some people fall into the realm of fatalism, meaning like like what. Well, That's when they were supposed to die, and that's when they died. Well, The Bible doesn't always communicate that because God does know all things actual, and he knows all things possible, meaning we can make certain decisions that can expedite our death. You know what I mean? Like like, like I've had friends die, teammates die, drunk driving. Had they been sober, they'd probably be here with us now. You know, you had had some people do something foolish. I had a teammate in high school that one of the friends in the neighborhood pulled out and was playing with a gun, showing it off, and it went off, hit him right square in the chest. Bad decision. He was healthy. He was strong. He was an all-American. Got hit with a bullet. Foolish decisions. He gives these two extremes because he wants us to understand how we operate in this life. Not that we ought to seek foolishness but understand what both bring about. If you're trying to be better than and and, and, and rely on your self-righteousness you will ruin yourself. Also you make foolish and dumb and wicked decisions, it will cost you. And this is what he says, both of them actually exist. Meaning in this sinful fallen world you can't hold on to what was known. During this time, there was this, uh, when you read ancient literature, there was this understanding of what's called this law of retribution. And some people still operate like this today, not even knowing it. This this is what it means. This is what it means. If I do good, God must bless me. Y'all ever heard anybody talk like that? Think like that? Like, if I go over here, if I I go over and I do this good deed, if I tell the truth today, well, God, God, God he gonna he gonna he, he owe me he owe me one. He owes me one. God, you owe me one because I could've I could've kept that money, but I gave it back to the cashier. Could have kept it. You know, God, you owe me one. And that, that's this law of retribution that, that God owes you. It's this, this this quid pro quo. Like I operate with God that I do a good deed, he give me a blessing. I do a good deed, he give me a blessing. If I do something bad, he punishes me. Let me go, let me go, let me go over here, let me make sure I don't do something wrong because I don't want God to slap me upside the head. And people operate like that even when they don't even want to. And he makes this statement, he's saying, look, in this sinful fallen world, and we see in other passages in scripture, how the rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? I mean, he says, look, a righteous person can be doing good and die. A wicked person can live longer than a righteous person. How, How do I deal with that? What he says is, don't fall into the extreme world. Case of let's live it up. Let's, let's do whatever. It don't matter. He's calling attention and understanding that he wants us to avoid these extremes because as we find out, he says, even though we live in this reality, even though we live in this reality where there's sin in the world, there's, there's this fallen nature that we deal with, he, he, he lets us know something. He says, look... Wisdom and righteousness still—they they help, they, they they assist. You know, he like don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. He lets us know. He says wisdom actually helps. You think about assistance. You, you ever needed help with something? You ever needed help anything? Anything you never need help? You know, I you know we getting ready for school. School's coming up. I remember there were times in school where you'd be sitting there, you are doing some classwork. And you can raise your hand, and the teacher will come, and the teacher will help you with that question. Praise the Lord. Now, it don't always happen, especially during test time, you get in trouble. You put your hand down and get to work. But that, that assistance is helpful. Or, you know, you grow up and you have a little study group, and, and somebody you know in class knows stuff, and you call them on the phone now, and they FaceTime them or they Zoom or Discord or whatever they use now. You you call them up, and they're like, hey, you know the answer? You know how to work this problem? They help you know, like, you, you ever been moving and you need some friends to come over and move? I, I, I'm, I'm one of those friends. I, 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 I've I joked around with family and friends, especially when we moved back to South Florida. And I was like, look, I'm not a handyman. I can't fix stuff around the house much. Now, I've gotten a little better. I can help fix some stuff now. But but I, you get an expert for that. I, I can't help with plumbing I, I can I can I can hold so we I can help you build some stuff but I don't know exactly how all that works I can't really help work on the cars I know basic stuff about you know I can jump a battery I can pour some you know some coolant in the radiator I understand that kind of stuff you know I can I learned some, some of the basics I can check the oil but when it comes to really fixing the car I can't do that but you know what I can do you know what I can do I know you gotta know what you're good at know what you're bad at I'm strong I can move stuff like you want? I've helped friends and family move stuff. One, and you gotta be careful what you ask for, cause I had one family member that it was like an engine, like a real life engine. Y'all ever seen a real life engine outside the car? It's huge, and it's heavier than you think. And I was like, yo, like I I, I said I was strong, but I don't know what you thought that meant. You want me to move that? I put a chain on that thing, I was pulling it. Next thing you know, we put that thing on the mule. We had to use our brain. I help, but I help move it though. You know, I, the assistance helps. When, when we move from a house, I'm calling cousins and brothers-in-laws and friends, and I'm strategic. I'm, one of my buddies joke with me when we first got out, when we got, we, when we had, we were having baby number six. No, no. Baby number five. Yeah, we got all these kids, right? We have baby number five. We moved into a, a house. We were like, this is the dream house, this is the house. And Comigo was like, I think we can save money. I think we can move ourselves from the old house to the new house. And I'm like, yo, you know what that mean? Like, like God bless us. We can work. We can pay somebody to do that. He's like, no, we can save that money. I'm like, you know what? I'm frugal with you. Let's save that money. And I was strategic. I called. When they all showed up, they started laughing. They was like, Pastor Dye, you were strategic on this recruiting trip. I was like, yeah. Everybody was over 250. Everybody played at least varsity football, or college football. I said, I need stuff moved. Now, we're going to move these couches. We're going to move these dresses. And matter of fact, I didn't even unpack all the dresses. We just taped them up. It was quicker to move. Strategic assistance help. I, I say that because what does he say? He goes, he goes through this, avoid these extremes, right? And, and wisdom don't answer everything with one thing enough. another. It, wisdom helps make a wise person stronger than ten rulers of a city. So while wisdom not going to save you from every adversity, it, it helps. You know, it'll help you from making a dumb decision. It'll, it'll help you see from one stage to the next. See, one thing about wisdom is you don't just see what's in front of you. But you see, if I make this decision, I understand what comes next. And if I make that decision, it comes next. And what comes next? And what comes next? When you are immature or unwise, all you see is what's in front of you. And that's the only thing that matters. You don't see the implications of what comes afterwards. The reason he says wisdom makes the wise one stronger than ten rulers of a city. He's like, look, you grab, when, when, when times of, uh, when bad times come along in a city, this, the city council are gather, right? And they, these people are supposed to be knowing what to do. And then they get the experts and they try to, they bring counsel and an advisement, why? Wow, to answer the issues of the city. He, he parallels one wise person operating like ten rulers of a city. He says, look, wise living is a benefit for your life. It, don't make it an idol. It's not the end all, be all, but, but it's a huge assistance. But Remember, he said, don't go to the extremes of being overly wise or overly righteous or think you're better than him, because he gives this illustration in here where he's like, look, nobody's perfect, though remember nobody's perfect so so be wise and and make good decisions and and don't fall into that overly righteous type of person and thinking you're better than because truth be told you've done some bad things too that you probably shouldn't have done i I love the illustration he says we give illustrations in sermons and 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 speeches and all of that and you 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 see you see that i I love when they give just it's just right there in the text he's like look Don't be overly attentive and trying to listen in on what everybody else around you trying to say. Because you might hear your servant curse you. And then you realize, well, you too have cursed somebody else. He's using that example because when he speaks about the righteous life versus the wicked life. And he's speaking about us operating in this world. That we're waiting its full redemption at the return of Christ. He's making these statements that we understand while wise and righteous living does not escape the adversities of life, it's still better to live righteously. It's still better to walk in wisdom. You know, he says some weird things in this passage because he speaks about how you know it's it's beneficial to, to operate in this wisdom it's beneficial to 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 be able to make good decisions it's beneficial to, it, it it can help you it can it can save you from dying before your time and but it also you know being wise and understanding your relationship to not being overly wise and overly righteous it can help you from not ruining your life so it, it can help you place you in a, a a healthy space in what God wants you to do in this life but he also says like this too when when it comes to this advancement of knowledge and this advancement of wisdom and this advancement of understanding. He says that even that has its limitations that we'll never know everything. You know, have you noticed as we've gone through this series, he keeps making this point about wisdom. Like he says, I've searched high and low. I've learned everything I used to learn. I find out it doesn't satisfy. And I, I found out that actually I can never know everything and you want to know why he's letting us know that that's a good place because now it's a call for us to trust so as you navigate this life in the adversity we will deal with no matter how much you know Jesus no matter how many Bible verses you know no matter how much you serve at church no matter how much you share your faith we will face adversity and in those moments Ask God for wisdom of how do I handle it and how do I move forward? And as we do so, we do so in the fashion and the attitude that Jesus said in Matthew six thirty-three when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And paraphrase, everything you need will be provided for you. That's good news, family. That's good news, church, because he's calling us to understand. Let's not make this idle. Let's not not think in extremes of how we need to operate, but may we keep things with the proper perspective and may we realize how God has called us to live and not take God's word for granted. You know, I... I...
0: Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just the first half of today's message in the current series... Chasing After the Wind, 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit DarylJones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L-Jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air. And we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear the second half of today's message, tune in tomorrow, same place, same time. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.